0: A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill.
1: How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that.
0: Now it's like, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is
1: just the next really great city in South Carolina hello and welcome into citycast my name is ashley studebaker alongside co-host here matthew cray where we aim to keep you updated on all things city of rock hill we have a special guest with us today krista hayes welcome hello thank you yeah so um
2: if you want to go ahead just give us your title where you're from and how you got to the city of rock hill Okay, wonderful. My name is Krista Hayes and I am the Program Coordinator for Lifelong Learning with the City of Rock Hill Parks Recreation and Tourism Department. And I am a Kentucky native. I first came to South Carolina as a student at Furman and after graduation detoured to Florida, back to Kentucky, back to South Carolina, (laughs) then North Carolina and then back to Rock Hill. So it's been a journey, but I'm here now and have been in this position since August of 2021.
0: Okay. Wow. And is that when you is that what drew you back to Rock Hill?
2: No, um, my husband's job. Okay. Yes. Cool. <laughs> very cool well we're gonna get into
1: what all you do on a daily basis but we do have a more fun side of things that matthew she, she's will listen
0: to the podcast she knows
1: what's coming i'm ready i just don't know
2: which questions that's why she
1: listens right? i don't
0: know which questions until about an hour before we do this anyways so i like i like to keep it fresh and unpredictable yes. like okay that. all right ashley you have the timer um, over there are you ready yep i'm ready all right are you ready krista yes last thing you watched on tv
2: oh goodness um probably paw patrol with my kids all right
0: (laughs) favorite meal to eat for dinner
2: steak and potato
0: waffles or pancakes
2: pancakes are you
0: a coffee drinker yes how many cups of coffee is enough coffee two duncan or starbucks duncan what is the best breed of dog I'm not a dog person. What is a cat person? No, not a pet person. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Which is better? Brutal summer heat or bitter winter cold? Brutal summer heat. Why?
2: I hate being cold. I'm always cold. Even in the summer, I wear fleece in my office. Like (laughs) I'm always cold. (laughs) What did you study at Furman? Sociology and Spanish.
0: Would you rather your vacation itinerary be full or include downtime?
2: Include downtime.
0: What is the favorite thing to do in your free time?
2: uh exercise and spend time with my family
0: best trip you've ever been on
2: Mm, costa rica cups
0: right side up or upside down in the cupboard
2: right side up this one gets me and
0: five things you never leave the house without
2: purse phone keys often children and and often my
1: spouse that's a good thing cool there you go nice that's hilarious so you just um got in this position August of 2021 so you know what's been the biggest thing for you that you've noticed working here for the city of Rock Hill
2: well coming in the fall of 2021 was well there's a lot of history here but essentially the first full in-person semester that we were able to offer since lifelong learning began um, so I can delve into all that right now or that may come later in the conversation. But so there's been a, a lot to, to learn, to um, see kind of where the program would go in general and where we would be with participants. And um, yeah, so that was and just to kind of lay the
1: groundwork for everybody what is simply lifelong learning
2: thank you yeah that's a good place to start so it is a diverse community of adults who share knowledge through unique classroom experiences and workshops and local excursions our tagline is where um, curiosity never retires and so really it's just providing fun learning opportunities for people who want to keep their brains active and keep learning new things throughout their lives
0: and uh, it sounds like this is started fairly recently. When did it begin?
2: Correct. So it began in January of 2020. And so as you can imagine, it had just kicked off. It was going great. Um, We had a community of volunteers who were behind it all. And then COVID hit. And so everything had to adjust, become virtual. We know how people adapted, but how that still presented many challenges across the board. And so as I said, the fall of 21 was our first full semester that we could go from beginning to end in person
0: so are a couple words that caught in your description of lifelong learning uh adults yes who, who can take classes
2: adults ages 50 and, over, 50 and it, over they can be from anywhere if you are willing to drive in from other towns other counties we have um well especially when we were doing the webinars during covid um when that was at its peak but then also even now occasionally we do hybrid courses so if someone were somewhere else and they wanted to log in and register they can still join
0: And I'm sure we'll come back around to this later in the podcast, but workshops and excursions. (laughs) Excursions, I know, like a
2: cruise. I know. Well, we did offer our first trip just at the beginning of May. Um, There was a birding trip that happened on the coast, and so that was the first trip under the umbrella of lifelong learning and that was led with patty panetti who is parks recreation and tourism staff along with dr bill rogers retired winthrop professor and so that was the first time we got out of town excursion is it a, a you said birding, birding. Yeah, okay like birds birds and, and flying where did there. They go? <laughs> um to huntington beach state park hmm. and brick green gardens yes that's amazing <laughs>
1: yes. um what other types of i know we're kind of jumping along here but whether since we're on the topic of excursions what mm-hmm. other type of things you guys have planned or do so so
2: think school field trip but as an adult right because so often you go on those field trips and excursions as a child in school and they're fun because you get out of school but maybe you don't really pay attention to everything you're learning you're just happy to be out of the classroom well now as an adult and you can appreciate all that's happening or maybe you just haven't been in 40 or 50 or 60 years and you want to go back and check out some of these things so for example we had a course back in the spring that was to the culture and heritage museums and so that was four weeks we went to to the museum of york county three times once to see the ice age exhibit once for the planetarium viewing once to walk the gardens and then we also went out to Brattonsville. um we also have done other um, we called it a beverage hop where we got to visit local beverage connoisseurs and learn about how their products are made and then there are going to be some more upcoming here uh, for the fall semester as well
0: yeah so instead of a bag lunch you just go out to eat you know Yeah, I've never wanted to be 50 so bad, (laughs) right?
2: So your role as a coordinator, what all does that entail? My favorite part about it, we'll start there, is just the opportunity to work with some really amazing people. Um, It has been a chance to get to know a lot of players here in Rock Hill and people who are really plugged into the community. I have an amazing advisory committee who help support and plan and program with me and give me their feedback. Um, and then also all of our facilitators that i've gotten to know they are quite quite incredible and then our participants also just the diverse group that comes to learn they're a whole lot of fun so getting to network and to know people and to get out into the community to learn all that's going on and try to connect that with lifelong learning Um, but then on the day-to-day i'm scheduling preparing recruiting trying to build the program because as we said this is going to be the fall will be our sixth semester um since the beginning so we still have a lot of growth ahead of us
1: what's the biggest challenge that you've kind of encountered
2: oh um i know i just threw that i one know you yeah. did throw that Sorry. one at me no that's good <laughs> um I mean, it's really kind of the fun of it. Right now, it's just juggling the calendar of, okay, this person can do the course Mm -hmm. here, but this person can only offer it at this time and trying to orchestrate all that. But um, fortunately, it's been pretty smooth sailing so far.
0: So so where do you guys do these classes?
2: Northside Recreation Center. Okay. Unless there are some of those on-site at different venues.
0: And... What kind of classes do you offer? I, I know there's might be a birding class, it sounds like, yes. but, but what else?
2: So a wide variety. The general topics include history, which is always the most popular. We also have done finance, um other science topics, related ones, a couple economic classes, technology, how to use some of the latest devices and things is popular. We bring in the York County Library staff to help with those, and then we also have a variety of duration of courses. So there are some that are multi-week, which usually last four weeks, and then we also do one-time art classes, one-time coffee and conversations, which are just um, little brief presentations that don't really necessitate four weeks but it's an interesting topic that people can just pop in for this one time event or one time program and then some lunch and learns where uh, people register we provide the lunch and they get to hear a dynamic presentation from someone so
0: it, it sounds like your educational courses are pretty flexible. How yes. long does the average class last? Is it
2: 75 to 90 minutes and then if it goes for 4 weeks, you know, so that's about 3 hours total of learning time. So it's really kind of the idea too of trying to introduce people to various topics so then you know especially our art classes or for example there's been one that we're going to be offering it for the third time beginner wood carving and you know after four weeks you're not going to be a pro or an expert by any means but now you may find oh this is this new hobby that i want to go expand on in my own time or not or wow i
0: passed like just barely you
1: mentioned technology and i'm just having flashbacks over here of teaching my grandma like my 80 year old grandma of how to use her iphone it's just like right, a struggle bus
2: right. over here. Yes, but, that's uh, often a request. <laughs>
0: yeah. How many people do you usually have per class?
2: It definitely depends. The max has been about 40. Um, we probably could go up to about 50. I think we had one lunch and learn with nearly 50. You know, and sometimes we just have 5 to 10 because... Um, sometimes the facilitators request a smaller group size because they just prefer that Um, other times it's just you know we have several courses happening at the same time and so people have to pick and choose and so then we try to bring those back for the next semester knowing that maybe that was a popular one it filled up real quickly we need to offer it again Um, but yeah and and sometimes that's part of the fun maybe that's the more challenging thing about Ashley you asked is just trying to determine what people really will want for someone like me I might think oh this seems so fun and then it flops or oh i don't think that's great but everyone else loves it so that's where i love having our advisory committee because they they know a lot of people they know their interests and they can speak um and support to what people would enjoy
0: and to take that one step further how many unique individuals are you dealing with per semester
2: I love the way you word that. We're all unique, yeah, right? <laughs> well, I guess
0: you might have someone who takes multiple courses, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. so, we do. Okay. We do. I don't want to double count them,
2: right? Yeah. Which is tricky, and I still need to find the best way to calculate all of that. Okay. So we like to talk by registrations, okay? Because they're still taking a seat. So okay. this past mm-hmm. semester, we had over 500 registrations. Wow! For the semester, now there was a few. There were a few individuals who maybe signed up for five to six to ten courses but I mean for the most part people will sign up for one to two truly so I mean I think if I had a ballpark it was probably 300 people for the semester
1: and is it truly like college like semesters it's broken down in semesters well the beauty
2: of it there's no homework well sometimes there's a little homework but not really there's not much homework no grades and no tests or exams so but in terms of semesters yes however the summer This is the first summer that we have truly been programming because, again, we started 2020 and so couldn't do anything in the summer. And so we are trying to throw in some one time opportunities there. So that's kind of part of the growth is seeing, okay, when we're in the off semesters. is there a hunger for this is this something people want to stay engaged with and just trying to keep it on people's minds too
0: do you treat semesters as fall spring summer or since a lot of the classes are four weeks are there shorter semesters does that make sense
2: yes absolutely so we we communicate with spring and fall and within i've said i should clarify that because i've said four weeks but it's actually two four-week sessions within the semester so we're and usually there's a week off in between so our semester is truly about nine weeks and so within that time you have the two four-week sessions the week off in between and then we like i said we're trying to throw in some other one-time visits and tours and excursions and things when we're off that calendar so you, you're a, you go ahead no um uh you mentioned the incredible instructors that you get to work with who who are those people that's a great question so they are volunteers in the community who have been approached by someone whether it's me an advisory committee member someone else who has spoken of lifelong learning and they want to come share their passion we have had a few retired winthrop professors Um, since the beginning there have been several retired winter professors we have had um, communications with clinton college and york tech also Um, but then other just business experts or passionate people in the community um, who just want to share what they've learned or gained throughout their career some are still working a lot of them are retired themselves and really, it's just a, a lot of networking and, hey, do you know this person? Hey, connect with this person and seeing, seeing what we can do.
0: This question probably should have been asked at the beginning. So okay. just detour <laughs> with me uh, back to go, if you will. How did this idea begin? Because, you know, every program like this starts by idea, gets support, and then starts. Was Did someone just walk up one day and say, this is what we need, and it happened?
2: if it were only that easy um but pretty much there were a group of dedicated citizens who approached the mayor and the parks recreation and tourism department with the idea to begin lifelong learning and those parties agreed it was a great program that we needed to offer our citizens and from there things took off so with
1: this being a part of the parks recreation and tourism department like how did that kind of come about i mean yes outdoors and things like that but how were they like okay we're sticking this under prt how did how did that happen
2: well we're in their recreation division and i wasn't part of that history exactly so i can't speak fully to that um my guess would be we also have the owls club the older wiser loving seniors and so i think just trying to target you know through all that parks recreation and tourism does it targets so many age ranges and um, just trying to offer more for the seniors, perhaps. But again, I, I wasn't fully part of that.
0: <laughs> How do you guys decide which field trips to take and what to do? Is What's the process?
2: Sure. A lot of it, again, I just kind of start talking to people. Um, but I also have on our website, a facili- well, I have a facilitator recruitment form, but then I also have a course recommendation form. And so that's contributed a lot to what I'm working on and preparing for the fall. Someone will shoot me a form that says, hey, I think we should... Um, have a course where we learn to play Mahjong, or I think we should go to um, Charlotte to see you know such and such. And so that gets my wheels turning and I try to just stay abreast of things happening in the area and then I'll research that a little bit or um, just talk to people or I'll go out and I'll see something and I'll think, oh, this is great for seniors. And so that's a lot of the fun of just getting to explore and make connections for the seniors.
0: Do most of these people live in Rock Hill? that take these classes?
2: Mostly, yes, yes, or York County. Uh, We have some from Fort Mill and everything too.
0: And do you have any partnerships with any local organizations?
2: In terms of, I have connected with organizations who are gonna be offering some of our programs and some who have already, um, but that's the extent of that so far. Okay. So do you guys have anything planned for the summer? So this summer, yes, um, again, this being the first summer that we're in person, we created the program called Grand Adventures. The idea being or thinking that maybe a lot of grandparents are hanging out with their grandchildren during the summer and the idea of promoting lifelong learning, letting these younger minds and younger people see that, hey, my adult, this adult in my life still wants to continue learning and just trying to provide some unique opportunities. So it's basically an intergenerational program. There are three different programs happening throughout the and that's not a lot but just like i said it was new and trying to see what the um, feedback on that would be and so for grandchildren or grandparents or it doesn't even have to be a blood relative it could just be hey i'm watching my neighbor this summer or um, my own son or daughter if they're you know younger generation and just trying to uh, intermingle a little bit. But at the same time, it can just solely be a lifelong learner participating and that's okay as well. I'm
1: going to get my grandma to come down here. I want to go. Please I'll do. i pitch the idea.
0: <laughs> Bring your grandchild to school day.
2: There you then go. That would be fun. Oh can, my gosh. Yes. Yes. There's that would be a blast.
0: possibilities are endless.
2: See, and that's, that's oh, the man. stuff that I just bite on. <laughs> Someone makes a suggestion and I'll just try to run with it. That's <laughs> like
1: even better than a career day at School. Wow, that's a good idea. Yeah. I don't know who we need to talk to. We'll have the well, superintendent. We to to yeah, well, yeah. yeah, true. And then you can coordinate with the superintendent of the schools, and there we go. da. Good job, Matthew. <laughs> Um, so how can one become
2: a lifelong learner? How do they start this process? So once the catalog is published for the fall, then you can register online. You don't have to, there, currently we do not operate on memberships or anything. It's just all a la carte. If you just want to register for one course, if you want to register for 10 of them, either way, there are small fees associated with every course just to kind of cover the cost of what we're doing. Um, but all that can just happen through our online registration or by calling my office, either way, and it's very easy to get connected.
0: Is the 500 registrations that you had this semester larger
2: than what you've had in the past? Like, do you see growth? There is definite growth. Okay. And so, of course, I'm eager and anxious to see how that continues into the fall.
0: So I know some of this is fluid because you take ideas, try to run with them, but do you have anything you can tell us about what's Plan for the future of lifelong learning or where you hope this goes?
2: I know, I was kind of thinking through this. It's I, I feel like maybe it's like Christmas in your mailbox when your catalog comes. Like maybe I should keep it as a secret for what's coming. I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> um, right. Because there are, uh, while well, they're all in my head and on my calendar and on my chart trying to orchestrate it, some of them haven't got given the final 100% of making it happen. But there are some repeats because that's important too, to have the ones that people know they can come back to. I mentioned um, the birding class with Dr. Bill Rogers and he is so gracious to offer that semester after semester and it fills up and there's usually a waiting list and so that one's as long as people keep showing interest that one's gonna repeat. The wood carving class I mentioned that one it will repeat. Uh, Pat Grant always teaches she too is so gracious with it um, York County history. She's gonna mix it up a little bit for the fall and do tri county history with Lancaster, Chester, and York wow. County. And so that will be a little bit different for participants. Um, and then yeah We're looking at nearly 15 to 16, 17 multi-week courses.
0: Wow. And are those the three most popular? Because that was going to be my next question is which courses are the most popular?
2: Yeah. I mean, sure. Yes. We could could go with yes. But, you know, with those like wood carving, we can only have 10 people fill up Mm. because that's a lot of hands on attention, you know, whereas sitting in a lecture class with history, you can have 40. So popular in the terms that they always fill up. Yes, I can imagine
0: the history, though, is yes Um, our
2: our learners love history
0: so there's a catalog where else can people find information
2: it's digital also online and if you visit the website cityofrockhill.com backslash lifelong learning that will take you to all the current information and then once the catalog is published there will be a digital copy there as well
1: is there anything else that uh we missed or that you'd like to add
2: um, also I guess I send out e bulletins every well, during the summer it's every other week. During the semester it's weekly, and that's the best way to stay the most up to date. And so if anyone is not receiving those but wants to, just going to City of Rock Hill backslash stay connected and then navigating to the Lifelong Learning so that you can register to continue to get those communications as well. Well, thank you for joining CityCast listeners,
1: your grandmas, grandpas, whoever, you know, contact Krista. But uh, thanks for coming to join us today. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.